Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 14 while I am reminding you of last time we met, and what a powerful time the Lord gave us last time. Oh, my goodness. What a sweet manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit. We were studying in 2 Corinthians 3 and having found Exodus 14, because we're going there quickly, I want you to turn back to your New Testament to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Just hold your place there in Exodus. We've been talking about this whole year, freedom. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to the first three messages, I pray that you'll go online and do that. Or ask Pastor Wayne, he'll give you a CD. What we found out in chapter 3 is how to walk in freedom. The stage is set for us in verses 5 and 6 where the Word says, not that we are sufficient in and of ourselves, to think of anything as being from ourselves. How much is anything? What does anything not cover? Not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Everybody say it with me. I declare the Word of God is the truth. My sufficiency is of God and not of me. Verse 6 says, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, that is not trying to live up to the law, but of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been placed within us by faith in Christ Jesus. The letter, that is trying to live up to the law, kills, but the Spirit gives life. We found out that as we read along here, verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. You can't separate the Holy Spirit from God the Father or Christ the Son. They are distinguishable, but they are inseparable. Did you get that? They are distinguishable, but they are inseparable. Where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. So any area where I don't have liberty in my inner man means that the Spirit's not Lord over that. I don't know about you, but I am learning that when I begin to feel some baggage or bondage or something sticking in my inner man, that I go to the Holy Spirit and I say, reveal to me that thought, those words, whatever it is that is not giving me liberty. Because where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being, are, are being, ongoing present tense, are being transformed into the same image, that is the image of Jesus the Lord, from glory, that is from one manifestation to another manifestation of who? Just as by the Spirit of the Lord, we're being transformed in the image and likeness 
of, go back to verse 17, the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is transforming us into the image and likeness of Jesus. So what we found out last time is that my part is to submit and recognize that I'm totally dependent on the Lord. Second thing I'm to do is that I am to understand and cooperate with my transformation, which is being taken place by the Holy Spirit as I cooperate with His presence on the inside of me. So that means that I should start seeking and asking and looking and listening to the Holy Spirit to, to reveal to me what He's up to. What are you doing? Do you know and believe that God is telling a story that can only be told through you? See, most of us think that if there's difficulty or pain or if there's something that is troubling us, that that shouldn't be part of our story. Many of us believe that if there is something that is inferior to the joy of the Lord, if there is a challenge or something, sometimes we believe that that shouldn't be part of our story. So we, we love it when we see the, the, the story of God's glory shows itself through great victories. I don't know about you, but I love great victories, don't you? I love to give God the glory. I walked out of a, a post office yesterday, and uh, I got out of a, a vehicle. I walked into the post office, and um, I was coming back to get in my big black truck. And a young man was coming into the post office. I live in a little bitty town now. And he looked at me and he said, when I grow up, and he pointed to the truck, he said, that's what's going to happen to me. <laughs> when I grow up, he looked to be 40. <laughs> I said, well, just don't wait till you're 71 to get your one. <laughs> I said, this is a blessing from God. Don't you just love it when you're able to give God glory, when somebody sees something good and you're able to say, God did that. I mean, that's fun, isn't it? That is fun. But I want you to know something. God is still telling his story in you when you go through some stuff that are not so much fun. He's still telling a story through you. <laughs> the Lord reminded me this week, Scott Griffin sent me something from one of both of our, uh, we both have great respect for Tony Evans. Tony and I went to a seminary out in Dallas, the same place, and um, Tony brought out something that, that triggered my mind again. What a great teacher, minister of the Word. But in, in Exodus chapter 14, I, I want you to look uh, there with me. So, to really get freedom in the Lord, in the Lordship, then we are to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. And um, we got to understand that God is telling a story in us. And sometimes 
the glory of God needs an opportunity to express itself that might not be what we would sign up for. Those children you have who are breaking your heart, that business that is such a pain, those heartaches, those diagnoses of what's going on in your body, sometimes those things we tend to think that God doesn't have anything to do with that. And although God is not the author of sickness and disease, although the curse of sin uh, brought into this planet, you know there's germs and viruses here. Did you know that? There's diseases here. Did you know that there's even uh, toxicity in the soil out of which you get your food? There's toxicity in the air in which you breathe. There, there are genetic um, deposits into the very fact that you have physical life. So you're going to need a big God. And uh, sometimes the Lord allows us to see His glory in the context of some major issues. I want you to see in chapter 4, here's the context. <clears throat> the Lord had miraculously delivered his children, who had been in Egypt 430 years. That's older than I am, Tommy. 430. He miraculously delivered them. He used his mighty man, uh, Moses, who chose to believe him and, and uh, confront Pharaoh. And the Lord sent plagues and brought pressure to, to make Pharaoh release the people. And uh, they did. It is a mighty, mighty thing. Our Judaic Christian ethic belief system is this is entrenched in our belief system. That God delivered the children of Israel. In fact, it was mighty. I want you to turn back just a, just a second to chapter 12. Here's what happened. Verse 35. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. And they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. Did you hear that? Not only are we going to quit serving y'all, not only are we about to leave, but we'd like all your silver and gold, and we'd like some new clothes as we head out on our journey. And look at verse 36. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Did you know that God can give you favor in the sight of your biggest competition? God can give you favor in the, in the sight of your enemies. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. So get this, the children of Israel were allowed to go free, and they were loaded down. Listen, they had been slaves for hundreds of years. Now they were loaded down with silver and gold and new clothes. You think they were able to give God glory? Wow, I would, wouldn't you? This is awesome. Now back to chapter 14. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and said, I want you to speak to the children of Israel 
And uh, I, you know, I, I want you to go here and not there. I, I wanna, I'm going to give you directions. For verse 3, Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they're bewildered by the land, the wilderness has closed them in. Then, look at verse 4, then I, God speaking, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart. What? Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Why, God, why? They just got out of bondage. They just got a good report. Things are looking up. So that he will pursue them. And here, here's what I'm going to do. I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. Can I tell you, sometimes God is a whole lot more interested in bringing himself glory than he is in our temporary issues. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It got worse before it got better. Hmm. Can anybody say, I need to hear that today? It got worse before it got better. You know what God's saying? Well, let, let, let's take a look here. Uh, verse 7, Pharaoh uh, started pursuing. He took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord, here it is again, verse 8, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. Did you hear that? They went out with boldness. When they left, they left with boldness, wouldn't you? We don't have to make bricks anymore out of mud. We got gold. We have silver. We got new clothes. They went out. Whew, man, they were chipper. Let's read on. So the Egyptians pursued them, verse 9, with the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea. And then he goes on to say where it's close to before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, watch verse 10. The children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. Everybody see that? They were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. What are you seeing and hearing today that makes you very afraid? Who do you see pursuing you? Is it people? Is it lawsuits? Is it disease? Is it, what is it? They were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and then they said to Moses. So understand, number one, they experienced great fear. Then they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt you've taken us out here to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? They were 
saying to God through Moses, their leader, why did you do this? Why didn't you just leave us alone? Look at verse 12. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, talking to Moses, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. You say, how could they possibly have lost their faith in Thanksgiving so quickly? Because me and you'd probably do the same thing. Right? We can praise God in the next crisis that comes along tomorrow. Why don't you do this for? Why don't you? But that was a legitimate question. Why did we see this only to now see that? Why did you deliver us only to bring us into something worse? At least we had jobs in Egypt. We were making bricks. Now we're about to be brought by force back, and it's going to get worse. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes when you're trusting God, it gets worse before it gets better. Sometimes, in the sovereignty of God, He is preparing to tell a story that you can't see until it's written on the end end of the book. So here's what God said through Moses, verse 13. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. you got to stop this fear. How many of you know that fear fuels the enemy's attack? Do not be afraid. Stand still. That word is also translated in the Hebrew, be quiet. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. The Lord ever told you to quit talking? Has He ever told you to quit praying and just stand? Has He ever told you that you've gone as far as you can go, now just stay in a place of peace and quiet and praise? Have He ever told you that? That's the voice of the Lord. Sooner or later, something is going to come into your life that there is absolutely no possible way for you to fix. And God says, choose not to fear. Be still. And know that I am God. I got this. Why would God do something like that? Well, let's read on. Notice what he said to Moses. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the people, the children of Israel to go forward. Oh, wow. 
Okay, so here's what we got. Fear not, be still and know that I am God, and at the right time, you got to move forward. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But not until they have fought their fears and not until they have gotten still and gotten their perspective that God is the only one that can fix this and then take the next right step. Moses, lift up your rod, that one that you used before. Stretch out your hand over the sea, divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. Indeed, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I, listen, here's what God's about. So I will gain over honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Do you understand that maybe the story God is trying to tell through you is to bring great glory and honor to himself in the, in the defeat of the enemies that have risen up against you, that are too big for you? If you could have fixed it, you would have already done it. Be still and listen to the voice of God. Recognize that He is fighting for you. And then just take the next right step. It might be to follow the right spiritual leadership. God was saying to these people, I've told my man Moses and I hadn't fired him. He's going to go out there before you and lift that staff over the sea. And then you just walk through on dry ground. God said, I'm preparing to do something mighty that is going to require your discomfort. Hmm. Here's what I want to know from you. I've had to ask myself this hard question this week. In my prayers and in my seeking, am I seeking my own comfort or am I seeking for God to tell a story that brings Him glory? It's a sobering question, is it not? I find that what I want is to cry out to God and get the issue resolved rather than God telling a story that will bring a lot of glory to himself. You remember what Joseph went through? His brothers threw him into a den, sold him to Egyptian traitors. And you remember when they came clean and came to him and they repented that they had treated him that way. You know, you remember what Joseph said? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Listen, God is not the author of sin, sickness, disease, but he does use what he doesn't initiate because he's sovereign. He uses what he doesn't initiate to do things that will bring him glory. Are you willing to submit to that? Or are you still insistent that it turns out the way you want it to? 
You know, it's legitimate to pray and tell the Lord the way you'd love for it to turn out. Did you know that? Jesus said, and he never sinned, Father, if it can be your will, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to go through this murder. Nevertheless, what did he say? Not my will, but yours be done. So don't fall into the trap of believing that God's not telling, doing anything that has to do with difficulty because a lot of times the whole story has a lot to do with God showing His glory through the platform of our own difficulties. I learned this the hard way. Less than a year after Bryant passed in our 18-year journey with that fight, uh, as you know, had three blocked arteries, two 100% and one 95%. I asked Dr. Carraway when he called me, uh, Gene, uh, after I'd gotten that diagnosis that had to have my chest cut open and uh, some bypasses, and I said, Dr. Carraway, how, did, how could that be? How could I even be alive? I'll never forget what he said. He said, well, your freeways were closed, but you had some back roads open. <laughs> I understood that. <laughs> I'm like, God, I'm ready to come home. I don't want this anymore. I, I'm, I, I, I'm ready to go. Through... People like you who prayed for me, people like Jim who encouraged me, and people like, you know, there was, people gathered all over the place to pray. Because in the natural, I was on my way out of here. But you know, I look back on that again this weekend, and do you, do you understand this? <clears throat> um, that was 15 years ago. The greatest days of my, our ministry has been in these last 15 years. I didn't like the story. I didn't do, I despised that chapter. I wanted it out of here. I wanted it to be over. But I'll tell you something, it is never over till God says it's over. And he is telling a story through you. And if you'll participate and cooperate with him, believe him, trust him, understand that it's not you, it's him. Just take the next right step of faith and obedience. God will keep on telling the story. You don't write the end. Amen. Well, my point is this. There are things that happen that we believe that for whatever reason just look here here's the clarity of it right here sometimes god is telling a story that will bring him glory that requires that things get worse before they get better but can I tell you something? There's always more grace than there is pain. Grace is always greater than pain.
So what I'm trying to tell you is sometimes you just can't pray away the issues that are causing you pain. Sometimes you just need to stop and say, God, what story are you telling? How can I cooperate with you and give you glory? Now, don't misunderstand me. You, it is legitimate. What does what, what uh, Philippians 4 say? Don't be anxious about anything. Instead, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's legitimate to do that. Understanding that he's telling a story through you he can't tell through anybody else. He's chosen to tell it through you. But pastor, what about the work of the devil? I want to tell you something. The devil is alive. He's, he's for real. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is the author of death and destruction. But you need to understand this, that God saw everything the devil was ever going to do and has already won the victory over him in Jesus Christ. All authority and dominion has been given under the name of Jesus. And I also, I want you to get these words in your mind. This is a little teaching here for those of you who are kind of deep. Sometimes the sometimes, listen, sometimes God Almighty, who is sovereign, sometimes God uses the devil and awful circumstances as unwilling agents to carry out his own plan. I said, you know what an unwilling agent is? The devil is not willfully cooperating with God. But God is all wise and almighty and all powerful. And he is able to use even what the devil afflicts against him. 1 Corinthians 2 tells us, that the principalities and powers and world forces of darkness, had they known what God was up to, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Sometimes in my own life, I've seen where it felt like the devil put a punch on me and really put a wallop on me. But I, as I continue to have the grace to trust God, I found out that the Lord God Almighty even used what the devil used against me for his own glory. And for my own good. In whose hands is your life? He is Lord over all. God has always and already seen all your tomorrows. And he's already there. And he's got this. That's a time of praise right there. That situation with your children, with your business, with your health. God has seen all your tomorrows. And He's already there. You're not, but He is. 
He's got this. And he's working all things together for good to you as you love him and are called according to his purpose. Well, Pastor, should I fight the devil? Absolutely. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Absolutely. But understand who's in control. It's not the devil. It's not you. Amen? Let's all stand. Thank you for your patience and kindness, and thank you for your heartfelt love and intercession today. I want you to say this with me. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I hereby declare that the Lord Jesus has already won the victory over every circumstance and situation in my life. And I hereby say to you, Father, I submit. Tell the story that brings you glory through my life. When I don't get it, when I don't want it, I still say, you are Lord. Tell the story of your glory in and through me. I believe with all my heart that you are God. And I decide today that when I'm overwhelmed, I will not fear. I will stand still and listen to your voice and see your salvation. I will take the next right step when you're ready to show me. It's in your hands, God. I trust you and I believe that my best days are yet to come by the power and the authority and the name of the Lord Jesus. In his name, amen and amen. We'll see you next week. God be the glory. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.